doing over the last few months is going through uh, uh, 13 of our core values that we have as a church that we are embracing. And on the side here, you'll see all these. If, you, if, if you're kind of coming in uh, newer to this, then you can listen to some of the podcasts we have on our website, on iTunes, all that. Uh, but they're also listed here. And so we've come to the point where we're at the top of this last one here where it says, we understand that we are free and responsible. Everybody say free and responsible. See, the idea is this, that, you know, we talked about communion today. The idea is that Christ, through his sacrifice, has set us free to a life that we never could have imagined. You know, that is such a, if you've been in church a while, that thought can kind of drift on you just a little bit. But when you first come to Christ, many of you know this, when you first come to Christ, there's this whole, um, like the, the future just kind of unfolds before you. And all the darkness and all of the, 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 the burdens and stuff that you had before, all of a sudden you step into Christ and it's this whole new frontier, if you will. It's this whole new thing. And, it, and the Bible talks about how Christ died for our sins to set us free. Everybody say amen, free. <laughs> to set us free from sin, death, fear, and shame in order to establish us in freedom. To establish us in freedom. Last week we talked about this, how he didn't just set you free so that you could go to heaven someday. He actually wants us to walk in freedom right now. To walk in freedom right now. We, um, uh, we have some people right now this morning, there's several people that are not here today that we're actually doing an outreach in Gurney here called the, it's the Gurney Artisans Fair and Farmer's Market. It's kind of a farmer's market, but also um, artisans, meaning different uh, things that people sell and create and all that. And it's, uh, it's actually the second month of it being in existence. So we were there last month, and now this month we're there right now, even as we speak. And one of the things that we're doing there is we've got um, a thing for the school, I want to tell people all about the school. And we've got some things for the church. And then also Katie and Tammy are showing some of their, their product that they've created with Christian t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. But one of the main things that we wanted to do in Gurney was to speak life to people. And the last time we were there, uh, Patience was out there, and she's prophesying over people, and she's praying for people, and she's speaking life, and just people walking through the fair. But how many of you know that people often, most of the time, don't even know the freedom that's available to them? Right? And so what we wanted to do, we wanted to take it into the streets a little bit. Uh, next Saturday, we're also going to be doing a thing called The Church Has Left the Building. Charlotte is going to be leading that next Saturday at 10 o'clock. And so there's just this idea that, that we don't want to keep freedom to ourselves. Amen? <laughs> I, love, uh, I love it when we have something that somebody else needs, but they don't know that they need it. Right? People who do uh, essential oils, any of you guys do essential oils? Essential oil people, that's what they think. They think they have something that everybody else needs. Is that right? Isn't that so true, right? And I just love that about essential oil people. They're like, you have got to try this Java whatever oily thing or whatever. I don't Java whatever. I don't know anything about it. But this idea, though, that they really firmly believe that they've got the oil solution to your problem, Right? How many of you have ever been blessed by an oil person saying something like that to you? Okay. So, well, actually, I know we've got, how many of you are oil people? Anyway, raise your hand. Let me just see that. Okay. 
So if you need some essential oils, these are the people that can help you right here. But one, there you go. And also Leah, the director of the school out front, she's got like a, a whole <laughs> display of oils and stuff. All right, so, but the idea is that when people think they have something that other people need, they tend to really want you to have it, right? And that's kind of like the gospel, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we have this thing that we know will set you free. We have this thing we know that will lift the burden of sin off you. We have this thing that we know that if, that if you will just simply listen to the message of Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, boom. Sorry, all you guys, but way better than essential oils. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we can use essential oils as a, like, a, like a helper there. I don't care. But, but this idea that we have something that we can give to set people free. Folks, it's one of the things. It's really the main thing that Jesus came to earth. Let me just run through a few verses. And we went through a couple of these last week. But Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, Therefore... There is now no condemnation. Can we say that together? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the, of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Man, that is such a vital verse for us, folks. If you're living in condemnation and guilt and shame... You have not fully experienced the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's it. If you're still living in some of that stuff, you need a full-on encounter and revelation of who Jesus is. Because he, by his own admission, says, I have come to set the captives free. Right? That he's the fulfillment of this prophecy. And so Galatians 5.1 goes on and it says this. That it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And the idea is, of course, that we're supposed to move on, that Christ wants us moving into these areas of freedom. Amen? But it's interesting, because, and there's more verses. We went through some of these last Sunday, and I just want to encourage you to uh, go listen to the podcast if you weren't here. But one verse that we, we, we didn't talk about last week during our time together, but we mentioned briefly during our meeting of the church afterwards was Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 is oftentimes a very familiar passage for people. And it's, it's one that has a lot to do with salvation and what we believe as a church and as a New Testament church. And uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 talks about... That is, by grace we have been saved, right? So in different versions it reads different ways, but basically it says the same thing, and it is this. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. All right. So again, back to communion. All of this, when this is all Jesus. And it's all a gift to us. the healing of our bodies and the forgiveness of our sins and this grace and this mercy is nothing we can earn or try to get on our own. A lot of people that have come to our church, uh, in fact, a lot of people that are here now uh, that call Epicenter their home, they, they've come out of a Catholic background. And even some of the other denominations are very kind of works-oriented. 
Like I, I lived in a Catholic area much of my adult life, and I ministered to a lot of Catholic people. And a lot of Catholic people, if you say, how, how do you get to heaven? And almost, almost every time, the answer was the same. It was through Jesus Christ and. And then they would tell me all these things that and, you know, I had to do the Hail Marys. I had to go do the priest thing. I had to do, you know, all these different works that they had to do. It was never just Jesus. And I want to tell you something today. You're not saved by anything other than just Jesus. Just Jesus. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not, and it goes on in Ephesians 9, it says, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay? So most of us here have an understanding that we're an evangelical church, meaning that we, we believe what the Bible says. Just raise your hand. You say, I believe what the Bible says. All right? And one of the things I do a lot is I'll take the Bible in my hand, or in this case, my phone with the Bible on it, and I'll say, whatever's in here, we believe, and whatever's not in here, I don't believe. In other words, it's all here. What, everything we need, the Bible says that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for every part of our lives, right? So if it's not in here, we're just going to let other people do that. And if, if it is in here, we're going to do that, right? And, of course, that sets us on a path in a lot of ways with the supernatural and prophecy and some of these things. Um, but, you know, if it's in there, let's do it. Anybody say amen with me? If it's in there, let's do it. If it's not in there, let's not do it. Amen? So the, this Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not of yourselves. It's not your works. It's all Jesus. Can you say that with me? All Jesus. All Jesus. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was, I've been really thinking this over this week. Anything of value requires responsibility, doesn't it? Anything of value requires us to be responsible with it. <laughs> so some of you know I have my, in my in our Abbott family, we have a, a 1968 red Camaro. We talked about this some of you before. And I, we love the, the Chevy. We love all that. But there's a certain, like, it's actually worth a lot of money. Like, I've had people offer us over $10,000 just for it, not even in mint condition. You know what I'm saying? But there's a thing with it that my dad and I feel, we're kind of the two that kind of do this thing. We have a real responsibility to, because it is such value, to take care of it. Right? Like, I'm, I'm looking at John. He's got a, what is yours again? A Ford? 38 Ford? 38 Ford. Have you ever seen this purple thing? You should, can you bring it to church next Sunday so we can look at it? <laughs> he's got a 38 Ford that he's totally put everything into it. It's just beautiful, man. And thing just hums and it makes fun noises and everything, you know. But there's a certain responsibility with something like that. Like he's not just leaving it out on the street. He's not just, you know, letting scratches get on it and all. You know, like there's a responsibility to it. And I was thinking about that this week. Like something that is so valuable we really take care of. We have a responsibility to it. And I believe the gospel is similar in that way, in that because it's so valuable and so life-changing and sets people free, that we have a responsibility with it. You know? We have a responsibility with ourselves with it. In other words, the Bible does talk about don't, doesn't say it this exact way, but what we call cheap grace. Right? We don't sin just 
because we want to, and then, oh, Jesus will forgive me, and so I can just do whatever I want, and he'll forgive me. Like, that's cheap grace. How many of you know when you're sinning with the idea that God will forgive you later for it, you've just cheapened the whole thing, right? So there's some verses in Hebrew. We won't go into all that right now, but this idea that it's so valuable and so worth something. So Ephesians 2.10, he goes on and he says this. He says, um, going backwards there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now, isn't that interesting? That's Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, For it is by grace we have been saved through faith, this not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. And then he goes to the next verse and he says, But you've got works to do. Now, when I was younger, that confused me a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's not by works, but then now i got to work. That seems a little confusing to me. Let me straighten it up for you. This salvation that Jesus paid the price for by his blood and his body is all Jesus. I'm saved because of what he did. Not by my works or my effort or even coming to clean the church and fix things. Like, none of that is involved. I am strictly saved by him. I can't add anything to it, and I can't take anything away from it. Anybody say amen? It's all Jesus all the time. But verse 10 then goes on to say this, that we have, we are created in his image, basically. His, he had his thoughts on us, and we are his with work to do. We are his workmanship. In other words, it has so much value that we're not supposed to keep it to ourselves. We're actually supposed to go take this and do something with it. Hmm. He doesn't want us to be lazy with the good things that he's given us. Amen? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Walk in them. You know, that's a powerful thing, isn't it? Because not only are we free, but we're responsible. Now, I, I don't know what God has for each and every person. I just know this. Each and every person has something that God wants to do in and through you. Right? It is. It's one of the reasons why I love, I love a good work week like we just had. I love a good work week. Because I know it has absolutely nothing to do with our salvation. <laughs> Amen? It's nothing to do with getting us closer to God, or if I do this, he's going to love me more, or any of that stuff. Nope, it has nothing to do with that. Communion is all about what he did. And then after that, it's what he wants me to do. So I get to work and do stuff for the kingdom. Like I was out there, <laughs> I was out there power washing, like Kathy mentioned, and... Uh, how many of you like working with power washers, by the way? Anybody? That's a thing? A couple of you? Oh, see? I knew. Maggie and I, we're in, man. <laughs> I, I love a good power washer because I actually get to see stuff happen. You know, like if stuff is dirty, when I'm done, it's not dirty anymore, right? And we just saw progress and all that. And I just was out there. I had my big old headphones on, and I'm just getting soaked. I am so tan on the back of my neck, by the way. I am just a bronze bunny, man. It is so good. But I'm out there just doing this, and I just remember thinking, Lord, we're doing this for you. We're, I'm doing this 
for your kingdom. I'm doing this so that we can reach families and we can do things with excellence and we get to move forward with you. Last, uh, last Sunday, we had a, a meeting of the church and we talked about where we were at and some of those things. And, I, and there were some people that had questions about, you know, why are we putting so much into this if we're not sure what the future holds, right? And uh, I, uh, I didn't have a specific word for anybody in terms of, uh, you know, take that back. I did have a specific word. I felt like God had told me, keep moving forward. Yeah, I did. I had a word a couple of weeks ago, actually, that God said, just keep moving forward. And, it, and it's hard sometimes when you're not sure what's going on around you, right? What, what, you know, what is this and that and all those things? And I don't know, some of you may be in situations in your life right now. You know, we talked about earlier in worship, and I asked the question, how many of you are, have had a rough week and there's questions and things going on around you? And a whole bunch of you raised your hands. And I will just tell you one thing. God is all about us moving forward. God is all about us uh, not being in the same place, but actually moving into the, the places and the things that, that he has for us. And, and I don't know anything other from him other than to say this. I think God has great things. He's given us a vision. He's given us a purpose. And we don't have all the answers, but I do know this. If we move forward, we're going to be moving in the direction he has for us. Amen? And so I was out there power blasting, and... Uh, uh, many of you know a guy named Bill Johnson, right? He's uh, Bethel Church in Reading, and uh, somebody had sent me a podcast of a message that he spoke a couple of years ago. And uh, a couple of years ago, Bill Johnson got, well, maybe it was a year and a half now, I think, but a year and a half ago, Bill got really sick, like really sick. And it was some kind of a stomach thing, and it just took him out for a long period of time. And it was really funny because there was a lot of people that are opposed to Bethel and opposed to the supernatural and, and signs and wonders and all that stuff. And they loved to see Bill Johnson go down physically, even though they talk about healing all the time. These are the critics. These are the religious people that we should pay no attention to. <laughs> but they got up and they got chirping and they were talking... And so I was listening to this message, and it was Bill Johnson telling his story of going through that season of, we're a healing church and a healing movement all over the world, and yet the leader is down sick, really sick, like he couldn't eat or drink anything. And he and his wife would, were taking communion on a regular basis every day to the point where then he couldn't take communion anymore because he couldn't even eat a bread and a little bit of a little bit of juice. So his wife did it for him, his wife, Benny. And he was going through this just really horrible time. And how many of you could imagine the pressure that Bill was feeling being sick and not being healed and yet being the leader of a, a huge apostolic revival healing movement, right? So he started to talk about going through this story of his journey through this. And he felt like God told him, just keep basically moving forward. He says, I want you to remember 
and to fill your life with all of the promises and prophecies that you've been given. Right? And so what he did was he he had written them down. And, uh, you know, like we've done the same thing. I've written down almost all of our prophecies, or a good portion of them anyway, that God has given us as a church. Where are we going? What are we doing? And so Bill has the same kind of thing. And he opened up his books, and he would read through the prophetic words that have been given over him. And he kept declaring all of the promises that God had for him. And how many of you know that sometimes when you're declaring it, 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 it's not always coming true right then, amen? And so he talked about this journey of, of just declaring truth and, and believing God and not giving up hope and just resting in, in, in his presence and, and in communion and, if you will, the freedom that God had given him. And he just kept staying there and staying there and staying there. And just before I go any farther, I want to encourage you with that thought too. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going to, I would encourage you to not step backwards but just step forward. Because stepping backwards, you're probably going to trip over yourself and it's going to get worse and you're going to feel bad. And it's just, you, you don't want to go backwards. You want to go forward. Just take that step and say, Lord, I don't know exactly how this works, but I believe you're good. I believe you're good all the time. I believe you've called us to be a regional apostolic church. I believe you've called me and my family to good things. I believe you have great plans for my daughter, and you have great plans for my sons, and you have great plans for my future and my finances and all of those things. Amen? And, uh, <laughs> and so he, uh, he just was declaring, declaring, declaring. And then one of the verses that he said, and maybe Andrew, if you could help me find this, Isaiah 54 in Isaiah 54, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, I appreciate you doing that. Because I, I felt like the promise and the verse that God gave Bill Johnson is, ex, is, a, is a verse that we can also claim over our own lives. And he began to talk a little bit about Isaiah 54. There it is. And it says this. Can we read this together, this first slide? It says, now okay, let me set the pace. You're going to see the word barren woman. Now, this is, in those days, a woman's value was found in how many sons they gave birth to. Women giving birth to women was okay, but really, a woman giving birth to sons and having a lot of children, that was her value, okay? So in this verse, you're going to find that, that there's a barren woman, and it's representative of a, of a people of Israel, but it's going to talk about how People around her are having children and being blessed, but she is not, okay? And so let's read it together. Sing. Everybody say it out loud. Sing, barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy. You who were never in labor. Now just hold there for a second. Do you see what that verse is telling this woman to do? This verse is actually telling this woman, this barren woman, who is really the, uh, you know, she's the lowest of the low in society. She's a woman who can't have children, right? Her one job is to bear children, but she can't. She's barren. And, the, and, the, and the, in Isaiah here, God says to her, sing, barren woman. Shout for joy. Burst into song. You who were never in labor, so the idea is this, that God wants us to declare and shout for joy before the thing happens, right? So like if you're in the midst of a difficult situation right now, if you're in it, 
as they say. If you're in it, God's saying to you, don't whine and complain about what you don't have. Begin to declare the goodness of who God is and begin to celebrate him and give him praise before you ever have a child. How many of you know anybody can praise God after the miracle? Anybody can do that. It's like falling off a log. That's easy. That's lazy. That's childish. You know what the true people who have been set free say? They say, Lord, I don't get it, but I'm going to praise you in the midst of this thing. I'm going to give you glory right now. I'm going to, and it doesn't say just a little hand raise. It actually says what? Shout for joy, right? Shout for joy. Burst into song. You who were never in labor. And then it goes on to say this. It says, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And, and that verse, actually, it says about a husband. It's possible this barren woman wasn't even married. So you talk about the lowest of the low in that society. She wasn't married and she was barren. Like, like, but the promise is this. God says, you shout for joy, you sing, and you're going to end up having more kids than the women who are having children every year. Like somehow you're going to be blessed in such a great way that it's above and beyond what even the normal things are. Amen? So (laughs) as we began to uh, move into this week and people were saying, well, why why are we working so hard and we're not even sure where we're going to be and what's going on and, you know, fear and doubt and different things? It goes on to the next one when it says this. So sing for, sing barren woman, shout for joy, all that. And then it says this, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. In one of the other versions of the Bible, it says build additions onto your house. Right? Now why would you do that? You would do that in faith because you're saying, I've got a bunch of sons and daughters coming. I'm going to have to make this thing bigger. I'm not having any kids right now. I'm barren. But in faith, I'm going to shout, and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to declare his goodness, and I'm going to move my tent pegs out, man. I'm going to make this tent bigger. I'm going to make this house bigger. What? In anticipation for the children that are actually going to come to me. Now, (laughs) how many of you know that that takes some faith to do that kind of thing? So all week as we're building over here and we're doing all this stuff and we're putting money into it, and you know, I just kept thinking, we're expanding our stakes, man. We're putting the room, we're, we're expanding the house out to make room for the kids and the families and the people that are going to come into the family of Epicenter Church. Anybody say amen with me? <laughs> Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. You know in the area of finances, I would just encourage you, don't hold back. Plant those seeds. Get that stuff out there. Let's use our finances to lengthen the cord and strengthen our stakes. And then it goes on, and we'll, uh, we'll close with this. It says in the next verse, it says, For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. You know what I thought when I read that? I thought, We've had a prophetic word that this whole strip mall building that we're in, the whole thing is going to be ours. And at the moment, it feels a little barren, doesn't it? I'm like, oh, God. But you know what? I pulled out my prophecy. I pulled out those prophetic words that God had given us, and I said, you know what? That's the truth. 
That is the truth. That is the reality. That is not, that is not based on circumstances. That's based on the Word of God. Amen? And this verse really solidified that for me because I felt like, yeah, you know what? We are going to spread out. This thing is going to go. We've even had a prophecy that this hotel next to us is going to be ours someday to help people have a place to stay when they're coming to experience the thing that God is doing here in this place, you know? I mean, it's pretty fun. And here's the cool thing about it. I feel like God was saying, we get to be in on the ground floor of something that's going to be amazing. And he says, listen, just declare these things. And I want to encourage you, and I want to declare it for the church, but in, in, in your own life, say, God, you want me to spread out. You want me to have influence over those things on my right and on my left and those areas that maybe even generationally have been in bondage in my family. We're going to move into freedom. We're going to move into new areas. Amen? Then the last verse, verse 4, it says, Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Anybody say amen? Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Man, I'm telling you, God is giving us a promise as a church and I think as individuals to you as well. He does not want us in disgrace. He does not want you in any kind of humility or those kind of situations. He's actually saying to you, rejoice and sing and shout for joy and begin to take some actions. Maybe it's financially. Maybe God wants you to give into this thing a little more. Maybe it's into some works. Maybe it's into some things that, the, that God has created us in workmanship to do. You know, if you want to help bless the church, we've got some things you can do. Like, we still need some stuff painted. We still need some stuff cleaned, you know. Like, there's things to do. And if you feel like God is saying, listen, I want you to roll up your sleeves and go do some stuff, we will, <laughs> we will find a place for you. Amen? If you want to get involved in media or the children's ministry or welcome or hitting the streets with Charlotte or these kind of uh, fair things like we're doing today, we will find a place for you. Amen? workmanship that God created you to do. So why don't we stand this morning? Let's stand this morning. And Lord, we thank you today that you have given us opportunity once again to trust you. Thank you, O oh God, that you had allowed us to remember who you are and what you have done for us through communion today. Thank you, Lord God, that you gave us opportunity to worship you and to sing our praise. Father, we... we we want to embrace your words, the words you gave to Isaiah in regards to the Jerusalem and the Israelite people. God, that, that you, even though it looked like they were barren, they were about to give birth. And before the miracle happened, you said, shout for joy, sing, declare my goodness, and then begin to act on it. Hmm. So this morning, if you're here and you feel it's difficult for you to praise before the miracle. I want you just to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you this morning. If you're here and it's like, yeah, that's really tough for me. I have a hard time worshiping God with shouts of joy before the situation. And uh, you just want prayer. Go ahead and raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you today. All right. Several, several. It's, hey, that's honesty right there. And so, Lord, I just bless your people today in all honesty that, Lord, you want to you want to lift their voices. You want to have them lift their voices to you in anticipation 
for the miracle and the good things that are to come. And so right now, Father, I release just a freedom in your spirit as people sing over their children, as they sing and worship you, God, with the difficult areas of families and jobs and wealth and even, even, even uh, parts of their bodies that don't seem to be working right for healing, God. We declare it and praise you ahead of time. And I bless them, Lord, for the freedom, those words and, and obedience that come, and there will be a flood and a flow of words, like a torrent, like a river out of them, God. Rivers of living water will flow from them in praise and shouts of adoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, if you're here and you, you, uh, you're not sure what to do in the area of enlarging your tent, of enlarging your space, and uh, I, I'm going to just pray for wisdom and revelation for you today. Uh, if you're here and you want just prayer in this area of what do I do now, God? I, I'm worshiping you. I'm going to praise you ahead of time. But what is it specifically you would have me do? Is there some, some work that you want me to do based on my workmanship, based on how you made me? Is there an area of finances that you want me to increase? Is there, is there some, some specific task you would put before me? And I, I want to say yes. And so if that's you, just raise your hand. I want to I bless you and pray for you as well this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, again, your word is so true. And you said that if we lack wisdom, that we should ask and you will give it to us in abundance. And so, Lord, I just speak revelation over your people, your sons and your daughters today. God, that they would have insight into your mind and your heart. God, as they spend time in your presence this week, as they ask you and call to you. Lord, and as you've said in Jeremiah, you said that we would call to you, that you would tell us great and unsearchable things we do not know. So, Father, I, I speak life into our prayers today. I speak life into the answers that you're about to give your people, what to do, where to go, how to do this, how to expand our tents, how to expand our boundaries, oh God. Give your people wisdom and revelation in that area. Hallelujah. And Lord, for all of us, I thank you that you have told us not to be afraid that we are not going to be put to shame. Our families are not going to be put to shame. Our sons and daughters and parents are not going to be put to shame. They're not going to be humiliated. Lord, that there's going to be freedom in family situations and in individuals. There's going to be freedom that comes even this week in, in, uh, in the boldness and in the answer to prayers that you're bringing, oh God. And we do that in complete trust, God, knowing that you are a God of your word. Father, I bless your people today in that. And thank you, O oh God, that this, this people, these ones that you have called, are exactly positioned where you have us. And now we move forward in faith, declaring in praise and in our actions for the responsible and freedom that we've been given. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Why don't you hug that person next to you? And don't give them that little religious hug either. Give them that good one, you know. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything this morning and you want ministry, you feel free to come. Uh, we would love to pray for you up here at the front. If not, be blessed. Go ahead and drop by the Gurney uh, Artisans Fair. It's on, it's on Grand Avenue by the old Salvation Army thing right over there, uh, past 41. Love to see you there this afternoon. God bless in Jesus' name.